0: 971 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Mark Reardon. The heart of America is not government. The center of America is not Washington, D.C. The center of America is the
1: neighborhoods where 330 million Americans are raising their kids and trying to put food on the table and trying to love
0: their neighbors. Mark Reardon.
2: There's nothing worse than a reckless jackass
0: who thinks he's smarter than everybody else. I am the smartest man alive! The Mark Reardon Show is on now.
3: All right, let's get moving here for a Thursday edition of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. First and foremost to Sue Thomas, making herself comfortable in the studio this afternoon. How are you? I am well, thank you. It's almost Friday, Sue. It is almost Friday yes. as we uh, get closer to the weekend, and I have nothing that I'm supposed to have with me, so if Abby is listening in here, the here room, you go. Here. I got that, that show sheet that Fred always uh, puts together is. for me, and I forgot it because I was moving between studios and everything I'm like How about old Fred that. Bottenheimer yep. over there, ladies and gentlemen? All right, thank you, uh, Kenny Wallace. Did you there was this... Really, really cute picture of Kenny that he put up on Twitter today. Did you see it? No, but I'm I res- going in. I love it. You have to. I responded to it with uh, with one of those. Um- what do you call the? I guess it would be a meme, but a you meme? Know, one of the one of the things that's still like if it moves, if it's a video, it could still be a, a meme, gif, right? A gif. A gif. That's gif. it. That's it. One of those things. A gif. Because he looks so handsome, you should see Did him. He? Okay, oh, his hair's all slicked it. back. He looks young and handsome. He looks like he doesn't look like any Kenny Wallace I've ever been around. I'll tell you that much. He <laughs> looks like a polite young man that's getting ready to go into the seminary or something. <laughs> what? like What? Oh, I have, have to see When you see the picture, you'll understand. All right. What I'm saying. All right. Kenny Wallace. Yeah, look at that. So, all right, what do we got? I got to put the uh, glasses on since we got the... Oh, I have to start with this. So I went to the airport today to get that lost luggage from Frontier Airlines. Oh, how did it go? Where did you go for it? Well, Terminal 1, because what? just to recap here, my wife and daughter stuck in uh, Colorado. They got back on Tuesday. The bag made it here, I guess, on Monday. But Frontier Airlines is unique in the sense that they don't have any people that actually work for them. So the only time you can actually t- talk to a real person is when when they're out there at the counter, and they're not there very often right yeah, in fact i took helpful. a picture took a picture today when i was waiting for uh, the bag it said nice job you're flying america's greenest airline and there's a picture of a frog see that i was going to fix that to say nice job you're flying america's worst airline but i did get the bag back which was good oh my gosh look how cute he is i'm telling you right you were 100% right look I at know. him oh hi Uh, All right, so let me start here. we got a bunch of stuff we're going to get to, and I don't know if you followed this Murtaugh case from South Carolina, but that's pretty fascinating, and Phil Holloway is going to weigh in on that. Chris Ruddy from Newsmax will be here. Newsmax has been dropped by DirecTV. Now, um, I think Ruddy and the Newsmax folks say it's censorship. I I don't know. Usually this is like a licensing thing, Mm. but I think that they're claiming that there's very— this would not come as a shock to people, unequal treatment between some of the liberal stations out there and what Newsmax has to deal with on DirecTV. So we'll talk with Chris here. We have Sue's News coming up in the next hour and a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, I have to start, though, a little bit. There's, there's a bunch of stories that are not that fun to talk about this afternoon, and let's start with Memphis because this was one that kind of caught me off guard. I think I'd seen a little bit of this bubbling underneath the surface. However, there's a very good reason why most of you, when I'm about to tell you what happened here, have not heard about this story. Mm. You're likely to hear a little bit more about it now. You had five officers in Memphis, Tennessee, who were fired last week and accused of excessive force in a traffic stop. They've now been charged with second-degree murder. And the, uh, the D.A. had a news conference on this. Have you heard about this at all? I don't think so. No. You, you know why you haven't heard about it? No. Because every single officer involved here was black.
4: The grand jury returned indictments against all five with the same charges. And we had previously met with the family of Tyree Nichols to go over what these charges were going to be. And that meeting with the family, I think, went rather well. Here are the charges. Second-degree murder, aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping resulting in bodily injury, aggravated kidnapping involving the possession of a weapon, official misconduct through unauthorized exercise of power, official misconduct through failure to act when there is a duty imposed by law, and official oppression. So. The way that we usually
3: gauge, at least the way that I gauge these things, is I want to see the video, right? I want to see what happened. They have all of this on video. We have not seen it. It is going to be released. My understanding, it's going to be released tomorrow night. And my understanding is this is not good when we see this on video. So Mr. Nichols was stopped on um, the evening of January 7th. And in the initial statement, the officers said a confrontation occurred as officers approached the vehicle. Mr. Nichols ran away. It's it's always they run away, right? There's, yeah, there's this never happens when the um, the person does not run away or True. does not resist. Now, that's not justifying the actions of the cop. I haven't nope. seen the actions of the cops, but there is a common you know bond there. There was another confrontation. That's actually just the wording from the document as the officers arrested him. An ambulance was called after Mr. Nichols complained of shortness of breath. They say that he suffered extensive bleeding caused by severe beating, according to the autopsy. Um, His family shared a photograph taken before he died on January 10th in a hospital dead. Um, What else do I know here? I I guess it's just it's bad. All right. Now, I don't know all the details of this, but I guess the way that this was laid out today by the
4: district attorney and some of the other folks like Steve Leroy is the DA here. Earlier today, the grand jury returned indictments against five former Memphis Police Department officers regarding the death of Tyree Nichols. These are the same five officers who were previously or recently terminated by the Memphis Police Department.
3: All right, so they were fired last week. Here's David Roush, he's one of the investigators. Simply put,
5: this shouldn't have happened. I've been policing for more than 30 years. I've devoted my life to this profession and I'm grieved. Frankly, I'm I'm shocked. I'm sickened by what I saw. And what we've learned through our extensive and thorough investigation i've seen the video and as d.a Morrell really stated you will too in a word it's absolutely appalling
3: so i'm no. just gonna say things out loud that everyone else is thinking here because that's what i do what's going to happen in memphis tennessee tonight what's going to happen in memphis tennessee tomorrow night after this video is released because Traditionally, you do not have riots when there are a bunch of black officers that are involved. Each and every officer here was black. And the suspect's black as well, is my belief. So I I don't know how people react. Now, you do have some of the same... People down in Memphis protesting right now, which you should if you want to be consistent. You want to come to St. Louis and protest something with a white officer. You want to go to New York or Chicago. You should probably do the same thing. So, is this going to just be about police, or is it going to be about white supremacy? It's going to be hard to sell it as white supremacy when you have black officers. But I genuinely don't know because I do find it very interesting. This this was not on the radar of anyone, right? No, no one's heard. no one's cranking it up on Twitter, right? No one's just cranking it up on the uh, on the other shows out there. Be- and CNN wasn't really covering it very much, is my understanding either. But then now you have some details. And when you have video, that's when it'll blow Question, up. Question, is the video uh, a dash cam? Yeah, it's is body, it camera. body cam Apparently it's, oh, it's bad okay. body cam. Uh, all right, so then let's kind of come to St. Louis here and talk about a few things that are separate but related as well. Authorities are addressing concerns. Fox reported on this here Earlier today, authorities are addressing concerns about why juvenile suspects were released following a violent incident outside of the foundry in Midtown. You heard about this the other night, right? There were shots that were fired. Authorities at police headquarters announced that the efforts are now underway to try to improve communications between police and the family court. Specifically, officials want to make sure that everyone is on the same page regarding the juvenile intake process. They think that there was a communication breakdown. They're investigating the car break-ins from... The weekend, and then there's this shooting at the foundry. They say that there were shots fired out of a window of a car in the direction of three teens and two city police officers. Police saw three juveniles trying to run away. They took them into custody. They were released. Two of those juveniles were found with guns. Police shared the juvenile court and says that they were contacted. I'm sorry. Police shared the juvenile court, was contacted. Well, I guess that's the way they wrote it. The officers were told to release the teens to their parents. However, a spokesperson for the court explained there's a disagreement over what was said during the conversation. Major Ron Martin with the North County Police Cooperative said the roundtable discussions were held and, um, and my page just refreshed and the talks were productive. Uh, the officers were told to release the teens to their parents. H- how does that happen? So there's some questions there and I just got a text from someone this morning on this particular topic too. And this is sad and I've, we've addressed this soon. I know you're a city resident. I used to be a city resident and Somebody responded this way, a friend of mine saying, listening to a report I know all these recent carjackings in the city. Now they're shooting people. I'm boycotting everything in the city of St. Louis at night. I have no interest in anything east of Highway 170. And my response was, yeah, you and a bunch of hundreds of thousands of other people too. And he even says, look, I I was thinking about going to the armory last weekend. His wife wanted to um, go. She hadn't heard anything about it. And then he said, no, we're not going to go down there. We're not going downtown. There was another opportunity to go downtown tomorrow night. Now, that's just one small example. Do I think that it's... Uh, reasonable to come to downtown to certain events? I I certainly hope so, right? we got blues games. we got soccer games coming up. But you can't keep it from people or, or, you know, hold back from the reactions that people are having given the nature of all this violence in St. Louis. So that's pretty sad, I think, when it comes down to it. Another story. I started my morning with this. I thought it was interesting. And I was so happy about this. And I'm very, very happy about it. I'm going to cheer it on. The city is in danger—well, this is from the Post-Dispatch. It sounds very, very scary, right? The city is in danger of losing as much as $150 million in earnings tax revenue. That's what the story is about right now. Oh, oh my God. God. The city could be forced if a recent—this goes— you know, hand in hand with what we talked about a couple of nights ago with the court ruling about the uh, earnings tax. And they, they document that they say, look, it, it could be a refund between 25 and 50 million per year in earnings taxes charged to non residents who started working from home during the pandemic. The Office of Collector of Revenue, Gregory FX Daily, would not estimate future losses, which now brings in close to 200 million per year. And there's a quote here from Tom Oldenburg, who's an alderman in St. Louis Hills. He says, this could be catastrophic. Holy cow. Well, I would. I would argue there's a lot of other things that are much more catastrophic in St. Louis than this, and I just talked about a few of them. But here's the deal. This thing should have been gone a long time ago. Francis Slay and Jeff Rainford tried to do that. There was never ever, ever an effort to just say, okay, the earnings tax is going to be gone next year. There is always a 10-year period where there would be less money coming in from the ridiculous earnings tax, and they would try to tax you somewhere else, right? Or or spend less money, but that never happens. And I don't want to hear any whining, no whining from anyone on the Board of Aldermen, the mayor of St. Louis. This is a city and our mayor that prioritizes sending people not women, I want to be careful there, okay? It's not people to get abortions in Illinois. It's not just women who can get abortions. We know that. So I have no empathy. Figure your damn ass out, city of St. Louis. It's embarrassing. You should have known this was coming, by the way. It didn't take much during the pandemic. Some of us said at the time, hey, by the way, some of us who pay the earnings tax, who were working in the suburbs like me said, there's not any chance I'm going to pay the earnings tax when I'm not living and working in the city of St. Louis. And my accountant is still trying to work that out, and I hope to be a benefactor of one of these lawsuits. But I don't want to hear any complaining from the city of St. Louis about this. Woe is me. Too flippin' bad. On the national economy, we got some news today that wasn't too bad. Looks like the GDP was not in negative territory late last year. Now there are still concerns, and you have the media out there trying to paint this as rosy, and the administration is going to take credit for it. But we're going to go to Senator John Kennedy, who plays a very important role in some of the opens of this radio show down in Louisiana because he does a reality check here on Fox.
5: I think that President Biden is the only person in the Milky Way uh, who thinks our country is headed in the right direction. Um, Look at the facts. Last year, our economy grew at 1%, 1%. China's economy was shut down. It grew at 3%. Um, 13.5% inflation, cumulatively. That's what President Biden has given us in two years.
3: So his point is, you know, before we start talking about a slight increase in the GDP, which we're glad that the economy is not contracting anymore after it was for two quarters last year. It looks like we may be out of the woods when it comes to a recession, not completely out. But let's remember,
5: there's a lot of stuff that's not going very well right now. Average rent up 12 percent. Average 30-year mortgage has gone from 3 percent to 6.5 percent. Average wage down 4 percent. Because President Biden wouldn't stand up to the teachers' unions, our kids have experienced the largest learning loss in modern history.
3: You know, that, that should be a story that really should be on the front page of our local newspaper and the New York Times every day. We should talk about the loss of learning because it's an important issue. No one wants to talk about it. They wanna do drag shows and things like that. One more, he was on with uh, Martha McCallum earlier. Now
5: the American people can't cite you all the statistics that I just um, articulated, but the, I can tell you what they do know. They understand that our national debt is rising faster than our national output. They understand, the American people do, that the border's wide open. They understand that crime is way up. Mm -hmm. They understand that respect for our institutions is way down. Yep,
3: it's uh, pretty sad, and I thought Senator Kennedy did a pretty good job of putting that into perspective. Let me bring it back here before the break. One more local story that I wanted to talk about. We've talked about this quite a bit. Tony Weaver, who was working in the Sam Page administration in St. Louis County, he was caught um, seeking kickbacks from a small businessman. The same small businessman who took down Lewis Reed and uh, John Collins Muhammad and Jeffrey Boyd on Jeffrey Boyd on the board of aldermen. So this is another one of those things where the guy was wearing a wire and Tony Weaver who had this ridiculous position as the change management coordinator. I'm sorry, I can't even say it without laughing at the St. Louis County Jail making two five a year in in a role that still nobody that that's one of the biggest scams of the whole deal. What's that job? What was he supposed to do? So he's making 82 grand and benefits and in May of 2020 he um was trying to use his connections to get kickbacks from this Muhammad Al guy. And he's the guy that owns all these gas stations in in St. Louis and North St. Louis County. Um, He was charged way back in this cigarette and synthetic marijuana trafficking sting, but then he turned into a state's witness, and he's still currently appealing a four-year prison sentence. Well, Tony Weaver was indicted in June. And federal prosecutors outlined how he lied on all these applications for COVID-19 relief money, saying that businesses had closed, suffered losses. And then he was caught on the wire basically saying, wait till Sam Page, this is the story that came out a couple of weeks ago, wait until King Page is elected again, we're all going to be millionaires. So... Uh, Sue, did you hear the sentence in his particular case? No, I've been waiting. What, what is would it? you think it would be? We know that Lewis and uh, the other members three of the board years, were going three for three to four years, right? So this guy – now, what they what they did say over and over again is, well, no money was really exchanged. So he didn't get the money, right? He tried to get the money, but there was no money that was actually kicked back into his account, even though there was an attempt. So what would you say here for two a Two years? One year? Well, it was basically two years. All right. And it was an 18 – well, not even – it was an 18-month – sentence, which apparently was outlined in the federal guidelines, but even the judge, Stephen Clark, said, look, I, I thought about going over that, but because of his lack of criminal history and other considerations, he just gave him 18 months in order to pay $10,000 fine. That's utterly low and ridiculous. It should have been at least three years. You should have gone over. He was a public official in an administration that keeps scamming people, and $10,000 in a fine? Give me a break. You know, they say crime doesn't pay. I think we learn time and time again, it really does, ladies and gentlemen. You know, those of you who watch uh, on the Twitter or on the Facebook with the uh, video feed have a slight advantage over the rest of the people listening on the Odyssey app or on the uh, on the actual radio, because you can see when I'm not talking, I'm doing something with my phone. I was actually texting. I got into a little bit of a beef with a, a guy that I know up in Milwaukee over. I don't know what it is about drag shows lately. We had the drag show in Columbia, Missouri, and now you had one that took place at a Bucks game as well. And one of the sports hosts from up there that I used to work with, Doug Russell, tweeted about this, and I just couldn't help myself, and I couldn't. Help, but responding and kind of had to get. And I like Doug a lot, actually. He's a he's a good dude, but he's uh, he's certainly wrong on this one. And it's not because of the drag show. This is a little nuance, and I'll get into that here in uh, in just a few minutes if I have time. We got Phil Holloway coming up, though. We'll talk about that situation not only in Memphis with the charges and the officers that were fired down there, but on the uh, Alex Murdoch trial in South Carolina as well. So there's uh, quite a bit of controversy going out right now. If you have Directv like I do, let me restate that: if you overpay for Directv like I do, now you will say, Mark. You You have a choice. You can go somewhere else. I know I have a choice, but I don't have that choice until the Sunday ticket package goes to Amazon or wherever the hell it's going because I needed my football. But good Lord, I pay way too much for DirecTV. They've dropped Newsmax. And now it's my understanding that they put another conservative station on the same channel that Newsmax was on on DirecTV. We're going to find out this afternoon. Chris Ruddy is back with us, CEO of Newsmax. Chris, how are you? It's been a rough week, hasn't it?
2: Well, I wouldn't say it's a rough week, but it's um, par for the course of the industry.
3: Yeah, so, what, so what, what ha- what's happening here? This, this caught me off guard just a little bit, and um, obviously I've talked about Newsmax quite a bit, and I do have DirecTV, so what what's the debate about, and, and explain where we are currently this afternoon.
2: Well, Newsmax on Tuesday night was taken off of DirecTV in 13 million homes. We're the number-rate, four-rated, highest-rated cable news channel in the United States. After Fox, a leading conservative news channel, we're top twenty cable channel. There's a couple of hundred of them. We 25 million people watch Newsmax regularly, according to Nielsen. So we have a huge audience, and um, basically they had they demanded that we never get license fees if we wanted to stay on. They would keep us on for free. Now, no cable news channel goes for free because obviously, when you watch cable news. Fox or CNN or whatever network, it's an amazing amount of expense to have news operations, news bureaus, reporters on the field, and things like that. And they did not want us to have a regular news organization. So they said they they would air us for zero fees. We pointed out that 100 cable channels, the top 100 channels, and we're way at the top of that list, everyone gets a fee. Of the 22 liberal news channels that are still on direct TV, everyone gets a fee, including the tiny little cable channel. So what this indicated to us that we were being targeted, and it was an effort of censor- censorship. Why it an effort of censorship? Well, if you take out the ability for you to do your news gathering, you're closing down a voice. And they knew we couldn't accept it because we already had previous agreements where we get a small license fee. That's how cable systems work. They wanted to deny us uh, that benefit, even though – and they have a history of closing down. They did a very similar thing last year when they took down One America channel, the OAN channel. Um, and today they've actually put in a commentary channel that very little people watch, a conservative channel, because they've gotten so many uh, – I hear thousands, tens of thousands of complaints about what they've done. But it's a clear act of censorship, and we're getting tremendous support for, for standing up to them.
3: Yeah, so I guess the the other uh, the other channel that they put is called the First, and they have we have Dan Loesch on this station here. Obviously, she has some roots here in St. Louis, and Roe O'Reilly's on that. But let me let me kind of back up a little bit, Chris. So, and I completely understand the argument. It sounds like you have a very justifiable argument to say, look, we should get license fees. But then, why would they? This is the only point of confusion. Why would they deplatform you if they're not going to give you the money? It, there was no language in a contract that would allow you to still stay on the station if they're not giving you the license fee?
2: Well, we, the way uh, it's a little inside baseball, but every cable system gets the lowest rate. So if you're on dish, we're on dish, we're on other systems. That means nobody would ever pay us a license fee. Fox gets $30 a cable subscriber, let's say per year in fees. CNN gets $12 MSNBC gets eight. They're giving liberal channels a lot of money. Yeah, you should get Direct some money. Directv right. has the Vice channel, which is far left stuff for millennials, and they have no audience. The rating is like twenty percent of Newsmax, and Directv carries them on its old system and gives them a fee of of uh, about what we were seeking, and, and just to be pretty frank, it was about a little, it's around a dollar in fee costs. Which is pretty consistent with other cable systems.
3: So, Chris, at so this point, consistent. yeah, do you have uh, what's the recourse at this point? I mean, are there are there, is it just their decision, and then it what's done is done? Especially since they kind of assigned the station to another or the channel to another group right now, or is there some something you can do here?
2: Well, people can call Directv. We have a website called IWantNewsMax.com. dot com. Uh, certainly, they know their number if they're a DirecTV uh, subscriber. Otherwise, we have a simple 800 number for people. If they want to complain or cancel and get another service, they can call 877-7-NEWSMAX, 877-7-NEWSMAX. actually one letter more than you need for a phone number. It doesn't matter. You'll still go through 8777 newsmax brings you to um, DirecTV. Um, President Trump. Last night issued a very strong statement calling for people to cancel DirecTV. He personally said he's canceling DirecTV and AT&T services. Uh, people that don't like the censorship, you know, AT&T, AT&T platform, One America, you can cancel cell phones. You don't, there are many options there. Um, and so we're encouraging people to call members of Congress if they don't like this. Let them know they want to have hearings about the censorship of Newsmax. Let TV know. Uh, go online, sign our petition, which is iwantnewsmax.com on the website, iwantnewsmax.com. Uh, so there's a lot of things people can do, but we do need to stand up because the woke censorship is out of control. When they have 22 or more liberal channels and there's just they just deplatform the two most popular conservative channels uh, after Fox, I think it's a sign of what they're up to. And this is AT&T, DirecTV, big companies very woke, and I think we need to fight back.
3: Here's, here. it does sound very inequitable. The the statement from DirecTV said, on multiple occasions, we made it clear to Newsmax that we wanted to continue to offer the network, but ultimately Newsmax's demands for rate increases would have led to significantly higher costs that we would have to pass on to our broad customer base. I can't even imagine paying more for my bill because it's so high right now, but that's that's what they're saying, well, that well, they would have to share those
2: well, costs. Let's go, yeah, but that's what they, you know, when they dropped One America, they said the same thing, cost cutting, with us, they're saving money, right? But they have 22 liberal channels that have most of them have lower ratings than Newsmax, and all get almost all of them get a multiple of what we're asking for as a fee. As I said, we were seeking around a dollar for every cable subscriber over a course of a whole year. So one dollar for the year an average person would pay. If you pay, you probably pay you know thousand two thousand dollars on your bill. There are 22 liberal channels, and if you add them up, it's probably several hundred dollars worth of fees. You're paying for channels you don't want to watch.
3: Well, this, there's, so there's is, no doubt about they that. Yeah.
2: They're, saving, they're saving money. They're not saving money. They're trying to censor conservative voices. They're giving your money to liberal outlets to push out their liberal garbage. That's what they're doing. You
3: know, Chris, and I also wonder if there, and I I think there are quite a few people, I don't know how significant the numbers would be, but I I think there's probably tens of thousands of people out there like me that love Sunday Ticket. And one of the reasons they stick with DirecTV is simply because of the NFL package.
2: Well, Sunday Ticket's going away. Yeah, no, 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 I I know. It's it's over. So, So not only is it over, but, you know, look, when we started on DirecTV, there were 20 million subscribers. It's just a fact. They have 13 million. They have lost seven million customers over the past few years and I think they know we know what they don't like all of these liberal channels they have to pay for and they're going to services like dish is a, is cheaper and they carry newsmax fubo is a, a virtual bbdd carries newsmax comcast charter we're carried by almost every major system
3: but wouldn't it be if, if – and I've seen the numbers of Newsmax. We've talked about it on the show. Wouldn't it be for their business model a good thing to have those subscribers or they're arguing that the fees would counteract that?
2: So, look, a normal business decision would be you want to keep the highest-rated channels that cost you the less money and cost your customers less, right? Sounds sensible. Right, and you would right. get rid of or reduce the channels that are very low-rated that cost you a lot of money. And here they're getting rid of one of the channels that has highly rated that doesn't cost them much. And they just did it with One America. So this is a pattern, and they're benefiting liberal channels, and we've exposed them. And this is why members of Congress are saying they have had enough. And there, there's calls. 41 congressmen signed a letter calling for hearings. Uh, Elise Stefanik said the needs to be investigated. Rand Paul said we should investigate it. He just came out with a tweet telling people he canceled DirecTV. So a lot, there's a lot of movement. I think it's going to be fun. This is not going away. Good,
3: good, good. Well, keep us posted. Chris Ruddy, who's the CEO of Newsmax. Now, I do have one personal theory as to why they may have done this, because I understand that you've taken on my old morning show partner, Rob Carson, at Newsmax. And that could have hurt you. I'm just well, telling you, Chris,
2: that I, could have hurt you with Carson. I, I know him pretty well. I wasn't sure that many people knew about that, but <laughs> now they do. It's out, it's out. The genie is out of the bottle.
3: He's filled in for me a few times on my—not on this station, because I was over on the AM, you know, on X, but Rob has filled in over the years. We worked together—it was, oh, my God, 30-something years ago, which makes me feel old. But um, a lot wow. of people don't know. You know about him, but he he was the guy that was creating all these great parodies in the 90s for Rush Limbaugh, you know, when the House post-office scandal happened. And um, sure. the reason that Rush for years called the vice president Al Gore just with one word is because Rob did this great parody bit um, with Al Gore in, in being a vampire, and he, you know, referred to him as Al Gore. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, so he yeah. wrote all those bits for, yeah. for Limbaugh over the years and cut his teeth yeah. that way.
2: Well, great talking to all of you. I have another hard stop. but You go do it, Chris. All I right, yeah, keep Newsmax. us posted. I want Newsmax.com. I want Newsmax.com. Call Direct TV. We really appreciate your support.
3: Chris Roddy, thank you. Appreciate it. I love this band, Mount Joy. They're coming to the St. Louis Music Park. I think tickets go on sale this week. Mid-August. Don't miss them. Uh, Phil Holloway is back with us this afternoon. I probably didn't give him enough time because there's a lot going on right now. Fox News legal analyst. Phil, how are you? I think I want to start before we get to the Murdoch trial with uh, everything in Memphis, which is very interesting. Um, Charges for all these police officers who were fired last week. And it's interesting. They're all black, right, in this case, which is unique.
1: Yeah, good afternoon. Thanks for having me back. Look, this thing in Memphis... uh it's kind of been out here in in the background. A lot of us who follow this kind of stuff were sort of aware of it, but it seems like now it's moving really fast. Um, you're right. They, these guys were fired last week. Now they're in jail, charged with murder, and I, I think seven felonies apiece. Interestingly enough, they're all charged the same way, um, even though they are described as having different levels of culpability. But, you know, I think it's like five to six, I'm uh, sorry, like, Fifteen to sixty years that you can get for second degree murder in Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. So I guess there's different levels of culpability, but the big thing that we need to be uh, aware of, and all of us kind of, you know, be on alert, is you know they're gonna, they're going to drop this apparently really really bad video. They're going to yeah. do it on a Friday right before weekend, and um, the the scuttlebutt around the, the news media world is that it's going to be really bad, and they're kind of being uh, prepped for. Uh, civil unrest, perhaps outside of Memphis. But um, it's it's described by, by some people supposedly in the know as being you know worse than Rodney King, for example.
3: Yeah, I've heard that. So, well, so that begs the question, though, and this is what I started the show with. I mean, it, we would know absolutely guaranteed that civil unrest would occur if it's really as bad as people say it is, would occur here in St. Louis, and Chicago, everywhere, Memphis. But these are black officers. I wonder if the reaction is going to be any different.
1: You know, that's a very good question. And who knows? I hope that I hope that there is no civil unrest. I hope it's very peaceful everywhere. Uh, But if those of us who are old enough to remember, and I was in law enforcement when the Rodney King sort of riots happened, that the world today seems to be more primed for this type of unrest than it was back then. So who knows? I don't know. But I certainly hope it's peaceful. Um, I do agree with the charges uh, from from what I know of the case. Um, the they just kind of went too far, way, way too far, and uh, exceeded the Yeah, the right. Boundaries
3: well, I think we need to brace course. ourselves for the, for the video for sure. Let's get to the Murdoch case. This is interesting. Sue's not really caught up. I listened to a lot of the testimony from today, and this is just one of those cases that captures the imagination and curiosity of people. When this first happened, because this guy was very well-known in South Carolina, two members of his family were murdered. At first, it was a big mystery. This is a family that was known well throughout this area in South Carolina— and now this guy's accused of killing his own wife and son, Phil.
1: Yeah, I and mean, this is the kind of thing that those of us who are parents just can't imagine doing something like that. But, you know, this is not an open-and-shut case against him. The There's something there for both sides. What I heard and saw today was the... Defense laying down some some themes of of their case. They're basically pointing out things like you know the cops didn't secure the scene uh, correctly. There was a an officer who responded the first one there that I think failed to preserve some tire tracks. They're pointing out that uh, the, the the law enforcement officers zeroed in on on this defendant uh, to the exclusion of all other people and that they built a case around him without considering things like could it have been a murder suicide between the son and the mother for example Um, or could it be related to the threats they were getting from the prior boating death involving the uh boating under the influence situation with the now
3: deceased son yeah because paul Murdoch was actually going to go to trial over allegations that he killed someone in a boating accident
1: yeah and so he was claiming that you know there were some threats to the family over that and that was a big deal in this local community. I uh, I think that th- that there could be reasonable doubt but we're very early. Let me qualify that. It's very early. Like 250 witnesses expected to come in this case for the prosecution perhaps. So um Maybe not that many, but that's what's on their list. So it's very early, but reasonable doubt is uh, in the eye of the beholder. And if just one juror has reasonable doubt, then at a minimum, that's a hung jury. And that's really all the defense you know, has and I
3: was, When I was listening to this, because I, I know a fair amount about this, but I don't know everything. And the one thing that jumped out at me is like, where is all the blood evidence if this happened? And I know that that's something they're going to raise. On the other hand, if you look yeah. at something that is in the favor of the prosecution, uh, the Alex Murdoch said that he was not at this kennel on his property, the dog's kennels, but there was a recording that uh, prosecutors say took place less than five minutes before this all happened from Paul Murdoch, who left a message, sent a video of a dog to a friend, and you could hear Alex Murdoch's voice in the background. Now, the jury has to believe that that's him, but that's an interesting nugget mm. there.
1: Yeah, and the timing of that is going to be be critical, but your point about the blood evidence is one that I was going to make. I'm glad you brought it up. The the Look, I don't want to be too graphic, but this was a very brutal and horrific scene, and there was head injuries to both individuals, particularly the the son, and you would such that you would imagine that whoever inflicted that injury would have uh, DNA and other material on their person, maybe on their clothing, you know, the torso, legs, everywhere, uh, and he didn't have that, and so. Did he clean himself up Or did it just never happen They haven't been able to prove That uh, if he if he cleaned himself up That that's what he did So he's got a very good point there That look if, if he committed these murders He would have this all over him And he doesn't have
3: it Yeah but Phil He's a lawyer He would know what to do And I, I mean part of the theory Right behind the fact That he is the one behind this Was that I mean because why in the world Would you uh, I mean it's a hideous case Why would you kill your wife and son But part of the uh, the whole theory is that he did that to distract from his own major issues. Is that right? Financial issues, right? Because this, well, he, was, yeah, yeah. he was worried that they were going to reveal th- some things that were showing that he was in bad financial shape, mm-hmm. right?
1: Well, he was in bad financial shape. I mean, apparently he was you know, involved in a whole bunch of other financial shenanigans. But the prosecutor is going to have to – here's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to link – uh, up these murders to that motive a lot better than they did in opening statement because I didn't I didn't see the connection between the two. Fair. Um, you, you know you can you can be guilty of all kinds of bad things and but still not kill your kid and your wife. And look, just because he's a lawyer, look, I have known lots of lawyers that do really really stupid things and commit all kinds of crimes. So being a lawyer doesn't make you immune from uh, being a, a dumb criminal. That's for sure. Well, oh
3: no, I just thought he would know what to do, and that would be to wear a suit and then get rid of it before anybody got there. Well maybe that's what happened. I mean, this is, it's just one of those cases with all those witnesses and all the evidence. And you have the video that they didn't show the videos of the body cam, but they played the audio. So the jury could see the videos. And apparently some of this was pretty oh, graphic, gosh, which is why awful. they did it. But phil it. But it is one of those, if you're into these things and I seem to be drawn to them, you, you certainly are <laughs> because this is what you do, but it's a fascinating one for sure.
1: Yeah, it is. And the, this is really a trial watcher, sort of a Christmas come early, because this is a, uh, a case that you can literally pick aside or pick apart each side and debate it because nobody has a slam dunk. It's not a slam dunk for the defense or a prosecution at this point.
3: All right, Phil Holloway, you have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk soon. I appreciate it.
1: All right, guys. Take care. Yeah,
3: fascinating case, Sue. It's very interesting. Fox, it was interesting. I was flipping back and forth. I don't usually check CNN out, but I was in the car for a while because I had to go to the airport and pick up the suitcase. So I'm listening to Fox, monitoring it. They aired quite a bit of the trial. CNN didn't really touch it today. Hmm. So we'll see where that all takes us. This is a long trial. The news cycle changes. We'll get bits and pieces of it, but we'll keep people updated as well. Sue's News is coming up after the top of the hour.
0: Get more at 971talk.com.